0: section thirteen of the mysteries of london volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the mysteries of london volume three by george w m reynolds chapter thirteen the elopement let us now return to rainford whom we left on his way back to london after having so triumphantly eased the vainglorious mr frank curtis of the two thousand pounds the highwayman for such indeed was the gay generous-hearted and brave tom rain scarcely condescended to bestow even a chuckle of satisfaction upon a victory so easily won an exploit so readily accomplished he would have valued the prize far more had it been obtained by means of hard blows and as the result of a desperate encounter for the love of adventure was inherent in his disposition and he had often courted danger in his life for the exciting pleasure of freeing himself from its intricacy having galloped his good steed to the beginning of the lane he checked its celerity and then proceeded at a moderate pace along the main road to the public-house where curtis and himself had stopped to purchase their cigars about half an hour previously riding up to the door of the little establishment the highwayman leaped from his horse and threw the reins to a dependent of the place who was conversing with the postilion of a chaise and pair that had stopped at the door when rainford sauntered leisurely up to the bar with his chimney-pot hat set rakishly on one side his white coat comfortably buttoned up and his riding-whip in his hand the landlord instantly recollected him again and observed as he drew the liquor which the highwayman ordered back to london sir to-night yes replied tom carelessly i just escorted my friend as far as torren's cottage and shall now get home again these words produced a visible emotion on the part of a tall handsome dark-haired young man who was also standing at the bar he was well protected by a great coat against the cold and tom therefore very naturally concluded that he was the traveller journeying in the post-chaise outside torren's cottage cried the landlord why i do declare that's the very ticket this gentleman here was just making inquiries whether i had any one that could take a note there in a confidential way the landlord blurted forth this announcement without heeding the significant coughs and hems of the tall young gentleman who seemed greatly annoyed that the object of his call at the public-house should thus be published to the very first stranger who entered the place after him you should keep a closer tongue in your head said tom rain how do you know what harm might be done by your stupidity in letting out the gentleman's business in this kind of way fortunately i am not the kind of fellow to do mischief and in this case it may be that i can effect some good indeed exclaimed the tall young gentleman his countenance suddenly exchanging the expression of annoyance which the landlord's garrulity had excited for one indicative of hope and joy yes i think so said tom but we must have a few words in private walk into the parlour gentlemen cried the landlord. there is no one in that room at present rainford and the tall stranger followed this suggestion and when the door was closed behind them the highwayman said if i am not very much mistaken you must be the gentleman whom that lying braggart frank curtis is endeavouring to cut out my name is clarence villiers sir was the guarded reply and you are the lover of mr torrens's eldest daughter continued rainford now do not waste valuable time by reflecting whether you shall make me your confidant or not i am disposed to serve you tell me how i can do it you will excuse me said villiers in a polite but somewhat reserved tone if i first request to be informed to whom i have the honour of speaking captain sparks was the immediate reply i happened to know old sir christopher and his precious nephew and i rode down with them nearly as far as the cottage but i did not accept their invitation to go in for particular reasons of my own you may however suppose that i am well acquainted with all the particulars of this infamous case miss Adelais torrens loves mr clarence villiers and hates mr frank curtis but mr frank curtis is the successful suitor with the mercenary father because a certain five thousand pounds enough captain sparks ejaculated villiers i see that you do indeed know all and will you serve me in this strait i will honour bright cried tom there's my hand upon it now say what is to be done it is already past eight o'clock he added after a hasty reference to a handsome gold watch which he drew from his fob my object was to obtain an interview with Adelaide in some way or another and urge her to-to speak plainly my friend cried rain to elope with you well do you mean everything that is honourable as god is my judge said the young man solemnly i have frequently urged the dear girl to consent to a clandestine marriage with me but the purity of her soul has ever revolted against a course which she considers to be marked with duplicity where would you convey her during the interval that must necessarily elapse before you can marry her asked rainford because as she is a minor i suppose you could not obtain a special licence without her father's consent i have an aunt in london devoted to my interests answered clarence and she would receive her with even maternal affection until i should acquire a legal right to protect her so far so good observed tom and yet a young lady eloping at night with a young man remember i am only speaking for the good of both of you i had foreseen that difficulty also said villiers hastily the fact is adelais and her sister rosamond are so linked together by the tenderest bonds of affection that the one would not move a step unaccompanied by the other the devil cried rainford two ladies to carry off that increases the embarrassment of the business now it is very clear that it is perfectly useless for us to send a messenger down with a note it would be intercepted by the father but if you will sit down and write what you choose i will undertake to have it delivered to the young lady herself you exclaimed clarence joyfully yes what i promise i will perform said rainford follow my directions and all shall go well clarence rang the bell ordered writing materials and in a few minutes completed a note to his beloved adelais which he read to his companion seal it said tom because it may pass through the hands of another person after it leaves mine and before it reaches miss torrens this suggestion was instantaneously complied with and rainford secured the letter about his person now he continued after a moment's reflection do you proceed with the chaise down the lane and stop as near the cottage as is consistent with prudence i shall retrace my way there at once fear nothing but wait patiently at the place where you pull up until i make my appearance villiers promised to fulfil these instructions and rainford having taken a temporary leave of him remounted his horse and galloped towards torren's cottage the highwayman had his plan of proceeding ready digested by the time the white walls of the building rendered particularly conspicuous in the starlight met his view alighting from his horse at a distance of about a hundred yards he tied the animal to a tree and then repaired towards the dwelling having reconnoitred the premises he speedily discovered the stable and to his infinite joy a light streamed from one of the windows of that building leaping over the palings which separated the kitchen-garden from the adjacent fields tom rain proceeded to the stable and there as he had anticipated he found john jeffreys the groom busily employed with his master's horses john was alone and his surprise was great when upon being tapped on the shoulder he turned round and beheld the highwayman silence said tom in a whisper we have no time to lose an idle chatter here's five guineas for you and you must get this note conveyed secretly to miss torrens adelaide the eldest you know it shall be done sir replied jeffreys i am already far in the good graces of the housemaid the cook is old and deaf and so there's no fear of my not being able to succeed good and you will bring me the answer up the lane where i shall wait for you and how can you read it when you get it demanded jeffreys the night is not quite clear enough for that the answer will be a verbal one yes or no replied tom Jeffreys promised that no delay should occur on his part and rainford retraced his steps to the spot where he had left his horse many novelists would here pause for the honest but somewhat tedious purpose of detailing all the reflections which passed through the mind of rainford during the mortal half-hour that elapsed ere the sounds of footsteps upon the hard soil announced the approach of some person but as we do not wish either to spin out our narrative with dry material or to keep the reader in any necessary suspense we will at once declare that at the expiration of the aforesaid thirty minutes john jeffreys made his appearance at the appointed spot what news demanded tom impatiently all right and the answer is yes that's well exclaimed rainford you may now go back john all that i require of you is done but i have something to say to you sir observed the servant just now sir christopher sent for me up into the parlour to give me some orders and i heard mr frank who is uncommon far gone with brandy-and-water making a boast to the lawyer fellow that he'd walk all round the grounds to see that everything is safe it seems that the lawyer has been twitting him about his little business with you just now up the lane you know and so mr frank is as bumptious as possible i only thought i'd better tell you of this in case you've any business in hand that's likely to keep you about the place i am very much obliged to you john said rainford here's another five guineas for you and i shall not forget to speak to old death in your favour but you had better get back as soon as you can for fear you should be missed jeffreys thanked the highwaymen for the additional remuneration and returned to the cottage it was now past nine o'clock and rainford murmured to himself i wonder how much longer they will be his horse which was a high-spirited animal began to grow impatient of this long stoppage and he himself shivered in spite of the good great-coat with the nipping chill another quarter of an hour elapsed and to the infinite joy of tom rain he suddenly beheld two female figures well muffled in shawls and furs emerge from the obscurity at a short distance all right ladies he said in as loud a voice as he dared use consistently with prudence adelais and rosamond hurried towards him as affrighted lambs to their shepherd and yet when they were close to him they seemed unable to utter a word fear not ladies exclaimed the highwayman i am the friend to whom mr villiers alluded in his note save us then sir save us said adelaide in an urgent and imploring tone for mr curtis saw us leave the house he was in the garden at that moment the sounds of voices were heard in the direction of the cottage and they were evidently approaching hasten up the lane young ladies hasten for god's sake said tom rain mr villiers is there with the post-chaise and i will remain here to bar the way and rosamond could not even give utterance to the thanks which their hearts longed to express terror froze the words that started to their lips and not daring to glance behind them they hurried up the lane tom rainford now mounted his horse and took his station in the middle of the way for several persons were rapidly approaching from the house in a few moments they were near enough to enable rainford to catch what they said the disobedient self willed girls exclaimed one whom tom was right in supposing to be mr torrens but wasn't it fortunate that i twigged them said curtis egad it will be much more fortunate if we overtake them observed the lawyer bless me i'm out of breath cried sir christopher i wish john would come on with the horses did you tell him frank to be sure i did we cannot fail to overtake them but poor things suppose that highwayman should fall in with them and me not there to defend them i think it would be all the same howard was interrupted by a sudden ejaculation on the part of mr torrens who was a few paces in advance of the others but who now abruptly came to a full stop what is it demanded curtis shaking from head to foot in spite of all the liquor he had imbibed during the day some ruffian on horseback there don't you see exclaimed mr Torrens. but i am not afraid of him his presence here is in some way connected with my daughter's and the incensed father rushed furiously towards the highwayman stand back cried tom in his clear stentorian voice and this command was followed by the sharp clicking of the two pistols which he cocked the robber exclaimed frank curtis clinging to the coat-tails of mr torrens who had retreated a few paces at the ominous sound of the pistols at him my dear sir at him i'm here to help you villain give up the two thousand pounds and we will let you go on my honour as a knight ejaculated sir christopher keeping as far remote as he deemed prudent from the sinister form which wrapped in the white great-coat and seated composedly on the tall horse seemed amidst the obscurity of the night to be a ghost disdaining to touch the earth i am very much obliged to you for your kindness sir christopher said tom but i'm not at all in fear of the necessity of purchasing my liberty at any price whatsoever i however give you every one due warning that the first who tries to pass this way scoundrel my daughters where are they vociferated mr torrens that's it give it him cried frank curtis i'll be at him when you've done go on at once cried howard and why are you standing idle there because it is not my business to interfere well done lawyer exclaimed tom no fees can recompense you for an ounce of lead in the thigh for if i do fire i shall only try to lame not kill mr curtis sir christopher will you not help me to arrest this villain who beards us to our very faces exclaimed torrens in a towering passion and again he rushed forward while frank curtis beat a precipitate retreat behind his uncle stand back or by god i'll fire thundered rainford suddenly spurring his horse in such a manner that the length of the animal was made to block up nearly the entire width of the by-lane you dare not murder me cried torrens my daughters will escape and he attempted to pass in front of the horse but by a skilful manoeuvre rainford baffled him arrested his progress and kept him at bay using all the time the most desperate menaces which he did not however entertain the remotest idea of putting into execution mr curtis sir will you help me cried the infuriate father my daughters are escaping before your very eyes you are losing your bride and you the rest of the money that was to have purchased her said rainford coolly mercenary old man you are rightly punished with these words the highwayman suddenly wheeled his horse round and disappeared in a moment he had succeeded in barring the way for upwards of ten minutes against the pursuers of the two fugitive ladies and he calculated that in less than half that time they must have reached the post-chaise which clarence villiers had in readiness to receive them jeffreys had purposely delayed getting the horses out and even when he did appear with them several minutes had elapsed since the highwayman had left the path free to those who thought fit to avail themselves of the services of the animals these were only two mr torrens and jeffreys himself the latter volunteering his aid for the purpose of misleading and embarrassing the father rather than of assisting him frank curtis affected to be suddenly taken very unwell sir christopher was really so and the lawyer although by no means a coward did not see any utility in hazarding his life against such a desperate character as captain sparks for by that denomination only did he know tom rain appeared to be thus while the knight his nephew and the attorney retraced their steps to the cottage leading back the horses which had been brought out for their use mr torrens and jeffreys galloped away towards london end of section thirteen